Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and today you get me all by myself as we talk about the readings for the fourth Sunday in Advent. We're getting really close to the celebration of Christmas and the birth of our Lord and Savior. And today in our gospel lesson, it is St. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 56, and it is the Magnificat. It is Mary singing in response to what has been told to her and how she is responded to by Elizabeth. And so we hear that the angel visits Mary. She's told that she will conceive through the Holy Spirit. And then we pick up our first verse in our lesson. It's verse 39. And it says, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to the town of Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And right here, it gets really neat. She enters the house and she greets Elizabeth, and the mere voice of Mary causes St. John the Baptist, who is in the womb of Elizabeth, to leap for joy. The voice of the mother of God causes this child to recognize who is there, the promised Messiah. And even Elizabeth sees, hears, and responds to this and points out that the baby in her womb also leaps. And this is just amazing. And she makes this statement, who am I to receive this greeting? Who am I to be in the presence of the Lord? And I think that is just mind-boggling how much the Holy Spirit has revealed to St. Elizabeth and even Saintist in utero what is happening. Now, right there is just huge. Elizabeth knows what's happening. St. John the Baptist knows what happen, is happening. The promised Messiah is there. Now, he is concealed in the womb of Mary, but no, nonetheless, he is present. He has come. And all of the prophets of the Old Testament, all the sacrifices, all the law, all of what God has promised, said and preached through the prophets, has come to be fulfilled in Jesus, in the one who Mary is carrying. And again, Elizabeth and John, they see this, they respond, they hear this. And I think that's, again, just phenomenal. Because we have to remember that God comes to us hidden behind 
really the mundane things. Think about any given Sunday. You have the beautiful hymnody where we don't just sing nice songs. We don't just sing peppy things. We don't sing warm and fuzzy things that make us just feel good. We sing our confession. We sing our doctrine. We sing what we believe. And this is done so that we get to hear of the work of Christ. We get to hear the promise of forgiveness. And in that mundane, common thing, as something as simple as singing, there is the Holy Spirit at work solidifying our confession, solidifying our faith, building it up so that we get to be reminded of the depths that God goes to to bring us salvation, to bring us hope, to bring us life in Him. Think of the liturgy and how often you have said the same thing over and over and over. How many times have you confessed the creed? How many times have you prayed the Lord's Prayer? How many times have you sang whatever liturgical canticle? Be yet every time we say this, every time we sing this, every time we confess this, it is God behind these words, God behind these actions that works faith, that works the proclamation of the gospel, that works forgiveness, that works life. We see that God hides himself in the mundane things. We can even go to the Lord's Supper, bread and wine, and there God hides himself in, with, and under the bread and wine to do this miraculous thing of bringing the very body, the very blood of Jesus to you so that you will know the forgiveness of sins, so that you will know that God is acting to and for you making you alive in him. And here, in something as common as being pregnant, something as common as another person, you have the fullness of the divinity coming and being brought into the world. And again, I, I think it is just fascinating, humbling, that Elizabeth and St. John the Baptist understand and see this. Now, I, I don't know how fully they understand what is taking place, but they recognize that Jesus is there, the incarnate God, God-made flesh is there, the Savior, the Messiah, the one who has been promised, the one that they have been waiting for is here. And you hear the excitement of this. Again, the baby in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed. Now, Mary, being a young pregnant woman, receives all of this very humbly. Notice that she doesn't walk around telling people, hey, I'm pregnant with God. I am the Messiah's mother. She doesn't look for accolades. She doesn't look for prestige. She doesn't put herself in any position to receive glory, to receive honor. In fact, she starts singing. And I really love this because I am not a singer. I, I like to sing, but I like to sing when nobody else can hear. 
And in response to the praise of God by Elizabeth, by John the Baptist, she too sings out loud the confession. She sings what is taking place upon her. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked upon the humble estate of his servant. And right there, we see where Mary puts herself. She puts herself in a position to receive God's word, to receive God's work, to receive God's actions. Now, this doesn't mean that she has been praying really hard and trying to make herself special so that God will notice her above anybody else. This is a action-reaction to what God is doing. God's glory and God's work is going to be put upon her. And she receives this honor. She receives this privilege humbly and putting herself in a servant's role. This doesn't mean she's lowering herself. This isn't false modesty or false humbleness, but this is truly understanding the mighty work of God given to her. And she responds by saying, yes, Lord, do as your will says. Do as your word says. Do as your might says. And this, again, is just really exciting because I know for myself personally, when God delivers forgiveness of sins, when God gives the promise of salvation, the resurrection, I immediately think, wow, that is amazing. How do I make that mine? How do I participate in that? And this is really being given a gift and then trying to make it mine as if I'm the one who deserves it as if I'm the one who does this great act. And I, I, again, try to claim it as mine. And the Blessed Virgin Mary doesn't do that. In this humble state of a servant, she receives God's word. She receives his gift and lives and participates in that. And by participating, she lets God be God in her, upon her, and through her. And this is the great model of Christian life that we should look to and that we should ourselves look to attain. When God speaks forgiveness upon us, do we quickly say, yeah, that's good, and then move on with our life? Or do we realize what that forgiveness is? The forgiveness is the restoration of life, the promise that our sins are removed from us as far as the East is from the West, that God has connected himself to the pastor in the words, your sins are forgiven, and that it, he is the one at work through something as common as speech something as common as confession, as worship, as the things done by the pastor for you. Something that seems so mundane, common. There's no frills. There's no mighty, powerful uh, work taking place. No big pyrotechnics or anything like that. But just a man standing in front of the altar saying, your sins are forgiven because God said so. 
And we, the people of God, we get to be the servants receiving these good gifts, receiving these promises, and then living them out in the sure and certain hope, in the fulfillment of the promise of Jesus coming to him, to us. And we have Mary who then recognizes her state again, for behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. She puts herself in connection to God, showing that God is working in her and through her. She doesn't say that I'm the one doing this. I'm the one who is pregnant. I'm the one who's giving birth. All of this is about the glory of God. This is all about God's work being done, and she gets to be the vessel that God works through. And I, I think, again, that is amazing because how often do we want to point out God's doing this great work in my life? Look how good I am. And Mary doesn't do that. She says, look how great God is for this work. And I am his servant who he works through. And again, what an amazing model that we get to look to, look up to. And this is why Mary should have a place of honor in our life, in our, our understanding of the work of God. This doesn't mean that she's anybody special unto herself. It just means that God used her, like many other saints, to show his might, his glory, and his work. And we, we see that uh, Mary continues to sing, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. This isn't a one-time act, as in it only takes place in this time of Jesus' birth, and his work only goes insofar as the length of his birth and death, but it truly has eternal implications. The birth of Jesus is the birth of your life here and now. Even though he was born some 2,000 years ago, his life still extends to this day for you. And I think Mary is really pointing this out. She is connecting what is given to her in her womb to all of the Old Testament and to the entrance of the New Testament and eternity. And this is all the work of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit giving her words to confess this mighty work so that she gets to show forth the gospel which is being delivered through her. And again, showing her humble state, she says, he, God, has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in their thoughts of their hearts, and he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent empty away. And right there, we as Christians, we as those who follow God in Christ through the Holy Spirit, we have been humbled because we see that there is nothing in ourselves that can earn God's love, that can earn God's work. 
but he is the one who fills us, who are truly empty in our sins, empty in our death. And he brings life. He brings hope. He brings forevermore to us here and now. For we are the needy, for we need salvation. We need the love of God, and we need the promises given to Mary and given to the church today and tomorrow and forevermore. For he is the help of his servant Israel. And you, dear listener, you are the spiritual Israel, and that help has come and still comes to you in the promises of Jesus, the promises that are heard in sermon, in prayer, in reading, in liturgy, in hymnody. And this is what we get to hold on to, for we are the spiritual offspring of Abraham. And as God spoke to Abraham and continues to speak to us, we get to live in these promises. And Advent is truly not only just a season of preparation, but it's expectation. It is truly the whole idea that we as Christians, we as the church, we get to be excited because Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming to fulfill and to bring about the fullness of eternity for you for me. And in all of this, the church should be acting with urgency to not only tell other people, but to live this promise out. We should be leaping for joy every time we hear the gospel, every time we hear the promise of our sins forgiven, the promise of Christ coming, the promise of the statement that the Lord is at hand. These are the, the gifts, the joy that should animate our faith, should animate and motivate us to live out our faith boldly in this world, because this world needs to hear who Jesus is and why he has come, and that he, Jesus is the Lord and Savior of all people of all time. And we as the church should show this love and should show this excitement in everything we do, no matter how hard our struggles in life are, no matter how weighed we are with sin, with death. We know that sin, death, and even hell and Satan have no claim, no power because we are the servants of the Most High who continues to pour out life, pour out grace, pour out mercy upon us. So as you continue to prepare for not only the celebration of the birth of Jesus, but the promise that Jesus is to come, I hope and pray that you are strengthened to live out this faith in all that you do. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? 
This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.